Kevin Samuels, an image consultant and a well-known, often controversial relationship commentator, died last week. I wish peace to his family and friends who grieve the loss on a personal level. And for those of us impacted by Kevin's work and words in the last couple of years when he rose to notoriety, I hope we can find peace by addressing the harm and the help that his work caused, then by discussing as a community, where to next? And that's largely what this episode is about. And also, that's why the only guests on this episode are you? I think Kevin was a voice that was desperately needed for our community to hear. I honestly think Kevin Samuels is a horrible person. His tone with women was combative and he had misogynistic tendencies. However, the conversations he forced me to have with myself changed my life. It helped me get to the root of my internal makeup. It helped me pinpoint how I was raised so that I can unlearn generational curses. He created an environment that was a safe space for men like him to marginalize and disrespect women like me. His delivery was not what you may have liked, but it got your attention and it got you thinking. So what did Kevin say during his time as a popular dating commentator that aroused so much passion on either end of the spectrum? And how did that directly impact your lives? Let's get into that after this. I'm not necessarily someone who's going to celebrate someone's death, but I am happy that there will be an end to the toxic messages that he perpetuated. Ma'am, you please don't make me say it. You're average looking at best. Through his work, he personally helped me with taking more responsibility for my situation and helped me to realize that I really needed to propose to my now wife. No, 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 hell no, no. A black woman who's dating, doing, you you actually came in here to tell me that you dated a black woman who's pursuing two dual doctorates. I'm a PhD. And you're a goddamn yeah. Uber driver and a musician. That's not a problem, except you frame black women as your enemy. And your enemy is your inability to be productive on a serious level. And if I go with what you said, your failure and relationships are justified by calling black women your enemy instead of looking in the mirror and saying, where am I at? I do where that every day. And why, and, and why, what makes, you said you were looking at her to be a, a, a wife, possibly. What makes you a husband? See, this is the problem with too many of us as black men. We look to, we, we, we don't have power. We're not trying to be serious. I mean, no disrespect. But I, I'm tired of hearing black men who are musicians and rappers and, and producers and actors and massage therapists and Uber drivers and chefs. Where's the trade? You have little leverage in a relationship with a woman who's going to get two degrees. Everything that's come out of his mouth is garbage. Antagonistic, attention-seeking. and Profoundly violent, lacking insight, unapologetic. But if you have made it to 35 years old and you're unmarried, you are a leftover woman. A leftover woman. You are what is left. Men know that there's something likely wrong with you. Whether you want to hear it or not, I'm going to just go there with you. Kevin Samuels has changed my, changed my perspective on women and men. Before, I really didn't look at myself as somebody that was wrong. Like, I was just always right. I'm right, I'm the princess, I'm the catch, I don't need to do anything. 
Um, and you know, the guy will just find me and that's it. But Kevin has taught me that, you know, both sides of the party has to work together. You don't want to follow black men because they haven't proven to you. Why do you have anything to say when Maria Marisol Myling or Becky gets with the black men who ain't proven nothing to you? You don't try. You don't stay. 56% 56% divorce rate in the black community and 80% of those divorce actions are initiated by women. And this is the same propaganda that's been pushed into the black community for my entire life. It doesn't hold up, ma'am. Even if I said half of the divorce filings were for the worst treatment, that would still mean four out of 10 divorces filed for what? Irreconcilable differences, I'm not happy. It just doesn't stand up to the numbers. And, and, what you, what, and black men get tired of hearing Women like yourself with these things, basically painting the worst black men. You take whatever traumas that you may have survived and you paint us all with one brush. No. Fortunately, what I think Kevin Samuel's image did was support a lot of misogynistic and uh just male toxicity within the black community. I think it made it okay for them to repurpose a lot of his words to support their theories and present them as if they were rooted in fact. Ken Samuels is dangerous. The words that come out of his mouth are dangerous. If you're not getting married to the child's father, how do you think you can make your child an asset to the kind of man you want to marry? How can I make my child an asset? To the kind of man you would want to marry. Um... I would have to, I feel like I would have to train her to be an asset as in get her ready for life in general. Put her in classes, make sure she's smart. The question is how to make some your child an asset to that man. Is she well-mannered, well-behaved, smart, taking care? Does she understand and do I really believe that you're going to come second to my husband? Is my husband going to come first? Or is it we're a package deal? If you're a package deal, that's no deal. I'll be honest, it's a package deal, that's no deal. Because let's say you and I were to get married, you got a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we have two kids together. Mm-hmm. And your child is five. So 10 years from now, your daughter comes home and says, Kevin touched me, looked at me getting out of the shower. What happens mm-hmm. next? The relationship we have to end. Huh? That's not something the relationship would end immediately. So that means I should never listen to it. That means I should avoid women like you because off the rip, your desire to defend your child mm-hmm. blew up. Two, I'm you got two of no. my kids, and off rip, your protective instinct says everything, including those other two kids. Do you? I would like to believe that he did not truly desire to cause harm to so many people. So, although it most likely wasn't his intentions to help anyone in the LGBT community, the truth is Kevin Samuels has helped me a lot when it comes to just being a better person, not just for myself, but for my same-sex partner as well. I only want you in the house sleeping, (laughs) showering, and, and, and on the bathroom. There's no reason to be at home. You got to get the work done because here's the thing. Do that for at least five years. Put your head down, work your butt off, and you will look up and the rest of your life will be brighter possibilities. You have more potential and brighter possibilities than you ever thought you could have. 
Or if you can, can if you continue to do what you do, you're going to continue to get what you got. And now you'll have no one else to blame but yourself. I wouldn't consider Kevin Samuels to be positive, but he was a conversation starter. I didn't have to agree with everything that he said in order to get the value out of what he had to share. You came in talk about how you feel like you're in divorce court because you got to leave these men in the dirt. And all I hear is you're a shit judge of character picking men because you don't leave quality men. You absolutely right. So God, please stop sending me. No, no, God ain't got nothing to do with it. No, God ain't got nothing to do with it. Please don't bring my God into this. Kevin has made highly problematic statements about women, specifically black women. So I would never support his stances. I honestly think that Kevin Samuels was an asset to the black community. I know a lot of people didn't like him and they didn't like what he said to them or about them. But I honestly feel like it was coming from a good place and he was just trying to help break a lot of the generational curses we are seeing being perpetuated and I guess will continue to perpetuate because people don't want to take accountability. Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and attachments. My name is Shan Boudram. I am a certified intimacy educator who has been working for the past 18 years to bring to light taboo, difficult, but necessary conversations in the space of intimacy. I have an educational background in psychology, sexology, and journalism. Above all else, I am a deep fan and aficionado of the topic. I love to see it grow. I love the importance that it's gained, especially in the past few years. And that, in essence, is truly what brought me to this topic of Kevin Samuels. Um, On a personal note, I want to just say, because it needs to be said, I sound like this because I have tested positive for COVID-19. Furthermore, and sadly, so has my daughter and so has my husband. My husband is asymptomatic. My daughter, who is one and a half, is far from being asymptomatic. And it's a scary illness. Um, I am, as many of you know, in my third trimester with my second pregnancy. And I'm happy to say that although I don't sound great, I'm definitely feeling better and I haven't been running a fever in 48 hours. Um, Anyhow, we will definitely talk about that another time, but it's also just a note to say life is truly precious and it is fragile and it is precarious. Um, So we should treasure it and remember that in these times when so many things seem like they're so important, at the end of the day, nothing else matters uh, other than our health. So take care of yourself. And if listening to this episode does not fall within line with that for you, because you are part of the close community from Kevin Samuels and you are grieving, um, then I invite you to stop and to take care of yourself. As much as humanly possible, this episode is really not meant to be a personal memoriam or a reflection on Kevin Samuels as a public facing figure. And again, as somebody who was a name, a well-known name within the intimacy community, I felt inspired to bring together my community to really discuss the impact and the what next after his work. Um, And also on a personal note, to discuss my professional relationship with Kevin Samuels and my professional collaboration with him and add more insight and color to that and also to issue an apology to a specific community for that. But before we dive ahead, I want to talk about those audience clips that we heard because I feel that that truly encompasses a lot of why this life, this person's life's work is worth discussing and dissecting. I think it is very safe to say that Kevin Samuels left an impact and 
Impact is a double-edged sword. It can be positive. It can be devastating. And again, wherever you lie on either end of the spectrum, you can't deny the experience of the other side. Um, so this conversation is in hopes of bringing those two together and finding a middle ground to make sense of it. Because I read a tweet and I read several tweets since his passing that talked about Kevin Samuels dying in his prime um, and being appreciative of the life that he had because he you know, passed away in his prime. And I don't think that that is true. Um, on a personal note, which again, I'm going to promise to try to minimize that, but from what I have read about the circumstances of his passing, it doesn't sound like that was his ideal, especially in terms of the work and the life that he preached and in terms of intimacy, you know, what he set as milestones and goals for his followers and communities, it doesn't sound like he had the opportunity to really get there. He was on the rise and obviously again, uh, continuing to make work that sparked conversation and sparked attention. And on a professional note, I definitely don't think that Kevin Samuels died in his prime I believe that he was aware that there was a divide that not to say that he created, um, especially in the black community between men and women, but had it aided in bridging. And he was aware of this divide. and was at a space where he wanted to start making content that brought people together. Or at least this is what he told me when he reached out to collaborate with me and also what he said during our collaboration. I pretend we're having the same dialogue, but we're, we're really not. And then in the result of that, we're pissing people off, but then nobody's actually feeling empowered to better themselves and find a connection. We're talking, what I'm talking about is hey, both groups. It's not as though they want, men want to stand over here, women want to stand over, we want to just keep shooting each other. It's how do we get together? Um, but unfortunately, uh, there's this all this messy part of the conversation. So the messy part that's right here is going to continue to be had, but I don't want to keep being in a mess. Mm -hmm. There are other places. And here's the thing. Um, for men, I think there's a progression. Uh, you have to evolve to be to this part of the conversation. That's kind of why I wanted to sit down and how do we get people closer together? So again, when I hear that Kevin Samuels passed away in the prime of his work, I heavily disagree because I think that there was a huge disparity for a sizable amount of people who were aware of his work between his intention to bring people together and the actual impact. Not discounting the fact that there are many people who deeply believe that his intention is impact were aligned. And if you are somebody who believes that, you probably fall into one of these several categories. You are likely someone whose romantic desires fall in line with traditional gender roles and archetypes. In that, Kevin Samuels mostly spoke to people and empowered them if they were men to focus on their financial earnings and on their leadership skills. And if you were a woman, he spoke and empowered you to really hyper-focus on your physical presentation, uh, your fertility, and your agreeableness. For some people, this was aggravating, but for those that this was genuinely the dynamic that they were looking for and the quality of partner they're looking for and the qualities within themselves that they assessed their worthiness on, then it really rung and spoke true to you. Kevin Samuels kind of made me comfortable with the fact that being a wife 
or being a support system for your husband or for your partner is good enough. You don't need to be successful in order to be in a relationship. Your relationship can be your success. He's impacted my life significantly and helped me see the things that I need to work on as a woman um, and get better at. From attitude to feminism. He taught me the importance of being healthy and um, how losing weight actually will work in my favor um, to getting to what I want as far as marriage, relationships. Um, he also taught me the importance of not wasting a lot of time dating and getting married after a certain amount of time, maybe a year or two. I have been with my boyfriend for um, going on three years. Definitely made me realize how lucky I am to have the partner that I have. Uh, he did encourage me to, to not settle for making um, what I was making and to go for more and to look at myself and ask myself some hard questions. So Kevin Samuels definitely impacted my life indirectly. My sister joined his Facebook group about three years ago where she found her now fiance and she moved halfway across the country. She was about 20 years old and he was about 46 years old at the time. And it was a huge, huge shock to our family. But my sister got really obsessed with um, Kevin Samuel's teachings about women getting married really young and finding a high value man really early. And although I don't think it's the best decision she's made in her life, she's really happy. So I have to kind of accept it. Kevin Samuels brought a lot of good insight into how traditional values held by generations before us aided in sustaining relationships. And even though I didn't always agree with what he had to say, like economic strata being a pass for infidelity in a relationship, the overall premise of what he was communicating made sense. Not having unrealistic expectations, dating within your weight class, personal responsibility, evaluating where you are before you enter relationships and having a clear goal. If you are doing your work, following your why, your life will be fulfilling enough to where you can, whatever you attract, you'll attract like-minded people. Um, and you'd be surprised that women are even drawn to that. But it doesn't have to, women should not be the reason. They should be the add-on. They're the help me. They're there to be, I, I hate to use this term, but I will, they're, they're an add-on for you. And see, when you grow up without a father or, or that kind of thing, you know, we're trying to please mom so much. So guys get lost in that. So they take their eye off their purpose and they start trying to do this. And that's too much pressure to be over there. See, more men need to be around other men. Another community that I think Kevin Samuel's work impacted in a positive way are those who were seeking out a patriarchal figure or those who respond very well to a fatherly style of love. One of my favorite books I've referenced several times is a classic 1950s book from a psychologist called Eric Fromm. It's called The Art of Love. And Eric Fromm says this about fatherly love. It represents the other pole of human existence, the world of thought, of man-made things, of law and order, of discipline, of travel, of adventure, of duty. Fatherly love, however, is conditional. It's I love you because you fulfill my expectations, because you do your duty, because you are like me. In conditional fatherly love, we find, as with unconditional motherly love, a negative and a positive aspect. He truly was the father I never had. 
Kevin Samuel's passing has genuinely saddened me. It was something that I cried about. It was almost as if I had lost a father that I never had. Kevin Samuel's impact on black culture and specifically black male culture and black masculinity cannot be overstated. It cannot be overstated. And I just want to say in terms of the fact that I do believe from what I've seen of Kevin Samuel's work, he did praise men who had high value qualities, which he outlined. I think there was an extensive list of up to 10 qualities. Um, and it seemed as if he positioned himself as somebody who had obtained all of those qualities or their statuses in life. And as we're left to reflect back and look at his life objectively, um, and sometimes the more clarity as we can only do when someone has passed, I encourage you to assess whether or not he did leave, live up to his own standards and also how that impacts the pressure you put on yourself to adhere to those standards or how those standards may or may not be healthy for you. And that to be said, the last group of people who I think were deeply connected to Kevin Samuel's work are people who needed someone to say it, quote unquote, like it is. I'll be the first to admit that the intimacy educator space or the talking head in the sex, love, relationships, dating space is a market that is heavily saturated by women and people in general who have a very feminist or modern approach to giving advice. And as a result, that's left a sizable portion of the population uh, feeling as if their opinions aren't valid, that what they are going through is unique to them or that they must be the problem. So then you have this person come along who reflects back your frustrations and reflects some of your concerns. And that feels incredible to you. Uh, that feels very vindicating to you. And furthermore, it's not just the things that Kevin said, it's the community that was curated, which he is both responsible for and not 100% responsible for because those relationships and the spinoffs, the way people interpret your work sometimes cannot, again, be aligned with what you intended. However, we can't deny the fact that there were a lot of people who were emboldened by the negativity simply because they had never really had an outlet or a platform before. He would just speak, speak, speak in facts, you know, and a lot of people didn't like that, you know, because they knew it was the truth. This was a voice for men who felt like they weren't being heard. He's one of the most vocal advocates for black men and black families. A lot of what he said was very, very true. Some of it was hurtful. Some of it, though, very, very true. He was talking to a woman once that was in her 30s and had three kids by three different men. And he was telling her that she would never find the type of man that she wants. But he was kind of right. You know, um, when guys are looking for relationships, aren't necessarily looking to uh, help someone else level up. Kevin Samuels has given me and a thousand other black men confidence to say what we need to say, not what we want to say, but what we need to say to our black women and to and to the women that we that we are currently with. He tells us how he tells us how to respect. He tells us how to up how to, how to uphold ourselves, how to respect ourselves. He taught he taught me how to not let not let keep women walking over me. And I know that the bulk of the attack towards Kevin Samuel's audience goes towards this third group that I'm talking about. I see value in that community because 
I understand that in order for change to happen, we need for the truth to come out. And if people are hiding their truth or denying their truth without actually changing their minds, that just leads to festered resentment. Uh, I think we see that a lot in other categories like racism, where there's there could be this idea that we're in a post-racial America until we have an agitator who comes about and we see, oh, no, there's all these racist perspectives. And that can make it seem as if that person created it. But instead, they just gave us people an opportunity to voice how they really felt. But it's through that voicing that we can now actually come to solutions because otherwise people are being discriminated against or mistreated without really understanding why. And for a long time, men clearly knew why, you know, because women were very vocal about their disappointments and what was harming them in heterosexual relationships. But many men felt like there was no platform or space for them to voice similar concerns. And so this was an opportunity to do that, which I think, again, really meant a lot to people who have felt silenced for a very long time. So do you feel like they needed to be a war for things to be put out there on the table? And then now we can take all that information and make something of it? Yeah, it's like a relationship. I mean, if one person just kind of holds everything in and the other person's more expressive, eventually there's going to come a point in time where there's going to be an explosion. And then when that happens, it's usually a shock. It's like you've never responded that way before. And that person feels relieved. You're like, okay, well, that was unusual that I need to pay attention. Now you can say, okay, here are all these puzzle pieces. Now what do we do? And what happened was men felt like they weren't being heard. Um, also, we didn't make the mediums to be heard as well because we did not care to talk about relationships. And I've spoken about this before, how I understand the cultural norms that create a culture where men don't actually know how to talk about feelings or are not given space or validation to discuss them, even down to the coming of age films that we watch. Coming of age films about women usually are centered on relationships, but for men, it's usually centered on themes such as bravery and achievement and accomplishment or overcoming adversity. The second theme is something like a sport or a war. And then one of the third themes happens to be relationships. Similarly, men don't grow up talking about their feelings with each other um, or discussing their intimate relationships like in depth with one another. So they don't have the language or tools to do that in relationships. So I value men having spaces where they can do that and they can learn how to do that. I think one of the building blocks of doing that is just letting your truth out. And oftentimes, again, when you don't have experience in communicating this part of your life, it can come across harsh and ugly, um, but that's a step. And I was interested to see what the next step would be. And again, that's why I think it is unfortunate that uh, Kevin passed when he did, because I don't think that for much of his community um, and completely in his own platform that we ever got to see what was the next step. Which brings me to the communities of people who are left with a negative impact as a result of Kevin Samuel's work and words. I also want to caveat this by saying because many of the people who I just mentioned who found he was deeply positive are going to nitpick at these arguments by saying that you're only focusing on the things that went viral. But 
That's all people have to focus on. If you say something deeply harmful in a clip that is widely dispersed and the comments and the way that that is being discussed is harmful for you, you are not responsible for going through someone's entire catalog to redeem that person in your mind. Have you watched one of my videos, a three hour video from front to back? That girl situation when he was ranking. That girl okay, you're not paying attention. And you, act, you women are acting just like so many women who get upset. You have little to no information. You're not willing to do the work. I take no particular pride or pleasure in doing shows like this because I know it triggers certain, certain black women. I know they do. I know some of them get pissed. I've heard women on YouTube saying things that they don't watch the show end to end. And I'm not gonna, and, and that's not gonna change anything because there are far more women and far women who are listening. And who are the who are the recipients? The women who listen in to in and are saying, "Well, you've changed my life. You've helped me look at this way or that way." Those women are benefiting. We are responsible for the work that we put out, and those splashy moments that help you to grow and bring you to notoriety also are the ones that people are going to. St- draw the line and say, I'm not interested in learning more about you. So people who are negatively impacted by Kevin Samuels do not owe it to you or to him to go through his two hour long live sessions to find the good um, because the unfortunate truth, the negative is what rose to the top and I was deeply harmful and people who only focused on that have every right to do so. Now, there's a community of people who might have actually deeply been engaged in his work that I also think were negatively impacted by it. And those are people who I think were confused by his message. When I was speaking with Kevin during our conversation, it in many ways to me felt like talking to someone from a different planet, just because his reflected experiences of his audience and his community is so vastly different from mine. And I mostly speak and engage with women who are modern, who are coastal. I am uh, the relationship expert for Bumble. So I have access to their data and information, their studies, which I speak on on behalf of them, which include hundreds of millions of daters. But again, most of those probably fall within the exact same descriptors I just aligned. I'm also a psychology student. I'm a master's student. Um, I'm also working right now to get my certification through ASECT, which I also note that if you are involved in the educational system, that a lot of that is based on westernized, white, democratic college age students. So I can acknowledge where the bias in my information might come from. But when Kevin was speaking, it was his stats and his uh, representations of like what is going on, what people want again, was just so different than what I have heard and what I experience. It's interesting as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking to myself, a lot of the anecdotes of women that you're describing don't relate to me and they don't relate to women I'm friends with or that I know or to, frankly, my audience. And so Mm -hmm. then I'm like, what we're doing is we're having discussions about traditional desires versus maybe more of a modern mindset, Mm -hmm. but then we're just using binary terms. So we're Mm -hmm. saying men and women. So Mm -hmm. you've got modern women who are criticizing your approach, but it's really the genuine truth of some women. Mm -hmm. I don't know many women who wanted to have a kid and didn't want to work after that. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely don't fit in that bracket. My, my child gives me a why she gives me meaning and I love being a mom, but the purpose that I get from working is just a completely different energy. That to be said, I do believe that there are some people who are actually more aligned 
with modern or egalitarian relationship styles who became influenced by Kevin Samuel's teachings that I, again, believe were really designed for people um, who want to exist in more traditional gender role based relationships. I think that it could have caused some confusion and some pain within your dynamics and some unnecessary cruelty. Going out with someone off and on for about seven years. Um, I'm several years older than him. He's 45. I'm 52. He always knew my age. He knew that I had children. He's become a huge Kevin Samuels fan over the past few years and recently um, has decided that my age is a deficit. My children are deficits. The reason why I found myself falling deeper and deeper is because the content was so fear-based. He had this infamous line telling women that they're in the danger zone. Anyone over the age of 25 to 35 is in the danger zone. And I'm 29 years old. And with so many people in agreement with him about women, I figured, hmm, maybe he's right. And because he had so many followers and so many men in agreement, I thought maybe there is some truth to this. I just thought that I was in a position where I wouldn't be so easily influenced because I had been working on my confidence for the last three years. I've really been doing the work, going to therapy. So I thought, hmm, it doesn't hurt to listen to content like this. But I was wrong. It really impacted the way I started to feel about myself. What scares me most are the amount of black men who support him and also practice violent language to women who do not agree with him in the comments section. He stated that women should expect to put out if they go on a date past 5 p.m. He's insulted registered nurses for working long hours and pushed the narrative that women shouldn't aim for career success. Most importantly, and I need to say last but not least, the people who were negatively impacted and harmed by Kevin Samuel's work are black women. What he's gonna be leaving us is that he was this man who was a data expert of some sort and he made black women feel terrible. He made them feel less than, or if you liked what he was doing, you could say that he put black women in their place. That's how you think of it. Kevin Samuel's um, content has made me feel hopeless, anxious, stressed out, um, worried, and just not very good. Overt, deliberate disrespect of black women being codified as something laudable in some way, shape, or form. You know, this man was, you know, the paragon of that particular lack of virtue in many circles. I've never watched a full piece of his video but I've seen the clips of his videos and from the clips, a lot of people say you can't draw a full conclusion, but the way he spoke to a lot of black women who obviously were dealing with an insecurity in relationship area was very harsh. And he made it seem as almost as if women are object objects and we're commodified. Like if you are dark skin and fat, which I am both, you are not worthy of love you're not worthy of anything our accomplishments mean nothing and it's your girl mary jade from the welcome to the elevation podcast a lot of the messaging that he gave and particularly with black women was very demeaning and it was detrimental to the black community as black women there's already a lot of conditioning that is placed on black women to have this unfounded dying loyalty and protection to black men even though black men don't universally do this for black women Data and studies show that black women are running circles around their male counterpart in almost all aspects. 
Um, so when you have this rhetoric that Kevin Samuels likes to spew, and the reason why Kevin likes to spew that nonsense is because men obviously benefit from a system of patriarchy. So when you prey on women who are looking for validation uh, to believe and you get them to believe that they're not valuable or they don't bring enough to the table because they have children, you judge them on their physical looks or because they want a certain person to match their lifestyle, of course it's going to benefit the men to think that she's not enough. It's also a statement that calls me to make an apology and one that I knew that I owed for working with Kevin. <coughs> yes, it was an attempt to build a middle ground, but I think for many black women in particular who have chosen me as one of the experts that they give their time to, um, it was a betrayal and it felt like meeting with the enemy. And further to that point, I don't think that I did the best job of advocating for that and also to of calling Kevin to really be aware uh, or to directly address that pain that he caused. Indirectly, arguably, not directly. Average black man is earning 40,500. 40, the average black woman is earning 37,000. So regardless of the education, the numbers Men are still out earning women. I guess I have to look into the, the earning potential because I know specifically for black women who are amongst one of the most educated groups. And I went to an HBCU mm -hmm. and I could tell you anecdotally the difference in earnings and the difference that I see in general in terms of representation mm -hmm. when I go to corporations. So mm -hmm. I'm interested. I'm fascinated, especially well, given the incarceration rate that black men are out earning well, black women. There's a there's a website that you and your fan, your viewers can look at. It's called blackdemographics.com. The unsaid context about that collaboration is that it was meant to be mutual in that I was to do an interview to appear on his YouTube channel and that he was going to do a podcast episode for lovers and friends with me afterwards. And the focus of that podcast episode was going to be black women, especially in light of the fact that he is a father to a black woman and a black woman that he described as being uh, very intelligent and very driven, which are many of the community members in the black women community who were offended by some of the things that he said. So we never got to do that. Uh, but when I was putting together this episode, I had tapped intimacy with Maya to come forward, uh, which I would have played this clip for Kevin during our episode. I never got to do that. And I would like to do that now because I think that intimacy with Maya said the things that I failed to say on record and on tape when I sat with Kevin. Hey there, my name is Maya and I'm from the Instagram page at Intimacy with Maya. A little background on me, I have my bachelor's in gender and sexuality studies and I'm currently pursuing my PhD in sociology. And I'm genuinely ecstatic to be here to talk to the black women that consume Kevin Samuel's content and to bring my research-backed perspectives about things that you should be weary about when consuming such content. The first thing is be weary of advice that does not acknowledge the variation that is inherent in the human experience. The next thing is be weary of people that position self-love and self-acceptance as the opposite of self-growth or self-improvement. Oftentimes we have this false notion that these two things are in conflict with each other, but I actually think that there's a lot of harmony between these concepts. So think about it, just because you accept yourself or love yourself doesn't mean that you're never going to want to evolve as a person. It just means that you might engage in that process of self-improvement from the perspective of believing that your worth 
engaging in that process and that you're capable of getting wherever it is you're trying to go. Also, be wary of people that give Black women the advice that they have to change themselves or improve themselves to be considered lovable by other people. What happens is that your relationship to yourself and your peace is totally in the hands of people around you or the social forces around you. Long story short, you can't hate yourself into loving yourself. It's impossible. You can't expect to give and receive love freely in an environment that is contingent upon hatred or contempt for who you are in your natural state. And what I want to close with is the fact that if we're being honest, Kevin's advice is easy. It's easy to encourage Black women to not accept themselves because we live in a racist and sexist society. It's easy to give Black women the advice that they need to change themselves to be lovable because we live in a racist and sexist society. This is easy advice to give. It doesn't really require much expertise or deep thought to give this kind of advice. What might be more challenging advice to give is to encourage Black women to pursue self-fulfillment, self-acceptance, self-love, and to pursue a life of vibrancy. That might be a little harder to give that advice, but people are doing it. Shan's doing it. I'm doing it. It's possible. So if you're intrigued by this type of perspective to your relationship with yourself and to other people, then come join me over at Intimacy with Maya on Instagram. Shout out once again to Intimacy with Maya for contributing that piece for me months and months ago, but I thought it was still relevant now. And um, again, please go and follow her if you want more work like that. And she's somebody who is definitely doing the work and deserving of the follow. Once again, I want to just say to the community of people whom I did not stand up for and advocate for by doing that collaboration the way that I did, I apologize. And also to the community of people who are disappointed the fact that it comes after death for Kevin Samuels, I also apologize. I acknowledge that this is something that I should have addressed while he was alive. I still was holding out that we would do this collaboration together and that that would kind of piece everything and make it make sense. But I am pregnant and Kevin was traveling and the weekend that he came back to refilm, I wasn't available. And then as we know, we don't have infinite time and so that never came to be. And it is a little shitty to be sitting here and in essence, talking behind someone's back and saying like, hey, I did not enjoy our experience. And a lot of that doesn't have to do with Kevin. It has to do with the disappointment I have in myself for how I showed up or presented or failed to present and represent. And yes, the last thing that I want to do is to make this episode be a place of contention, of separation, of me trying to separate myself from uh, Kevin or furthermore to his community. Because the goal of intimacy in general is to bring people together. One of my favorite quotes about couples therapy is that couples are not taught how to change each other in therapy. Rather, a couple is perceived as one unit. Only an individual can change themselves and a therapist provides guidance on how that change will impact the unit in order to motivate the individual. Now, I'm not a therapist, neither was Kevin Samuels, but as talking heads, as experts, as figures within the intimacy space, we both should feel the burden of responsibility of bringing people together. And in order to do that, you one, have to be gracious and admit where you have failed to do that. And two, that has to be the focal point of the way that you approach your work in general. And I know that being divisive can achieve a lot of attention um, and can get you a lot of praise. But if you're truly called to, to be impactful in this work, 
then you've got to look and search for middle grounds. And that's an example to set for people within relationships as well. That's also where I want to leave things with everyone else. When we're trying to make sense of all of this, we cannot forget that the point of talking about relationships is to help people build stronger relationships. And the point of intimacy is to come together and to love on one another. And that's the hole that I think needs to be filled. And I think about that Tupac quote. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones. And if we want to bring purpose to the work of Kevin Samuels, I think that's where things have to go to next. That someone else has to pick up the torch and bring people together and start mending and healing. Because again, the focal point is not about the individuals or the righteousness of particular groups. It's about the healthiness of the unit. And it's so strange what's happening right now. It's like going to a spring dance at a high school. And when you enter the gymnasium, instead of seeing people loving on each other, grinding on each other, flirting with each other, you see them holding up protest signs and throwing tomatoes at each other. And that's how the intimacy space feels right now. And whether you intend to honor Kevin Samuels or you want to say fuck you to the work of Kevin Samuels, I believe the way to do that is through unity, love, compassion, and focusing on the unit. And that's the next pivot. I have long said this, that the intimacy space should not be an exclusive space of five individuals who have their answers or who have the right opinion. Everyone deserves to be their own sex, love, relationships, and dating expert. And in order to rise to that occasion, you have to put in the work, uh, make yourself uncomfortable, make yourself vulnerable, make yourself available to new information and to new perspectives. And if we can do that, I think that we can allow this individual to rest in purpose. But furthermore, we can right a huge cultural wrong that is happening right now, especially in the wake of this person's death. That to be said, I would like to now turn it over back to all of you because you sent in so many incredible voice notes about your opinion on the impact of Kevin Samuel's work and what the what next is of all of this. So let's bring this episode home after this. He did point out something to me uh, that made me start holding myself accountable as far as not always playing victim to situations and realizing that I'm volunteering myself in the relationships that I'm in. And if I choose to be, <clears throat> to be around these people, I just basically have to respect myself and respect them as well. Try not to change who my partner is and don't have dramatic expectations about what a man can bring to my life and provide it for myself first and then expect that in return. So he made me way more accountable when it comes to my relationships with other men. I honestly think Kevin Samuels is a horrible person. I've felt extremely hurt by a number of the videos that he has made, um, the ones that I came across, because personally I didn't go looking for it. It's really frustrating when things like this come up on, say, my For You page. Kevin Samuel's work has had a generally positive impact on my life. It has changed the way I view myself and given me more of a realistic idea 
of who I am, what I bring to the dating world, and what I could potentially get in a lover or a man. I know that his work has impacted lots of people. He had a following. Um, and I think it is sad because I know that his family is probably hurting from losing him. Uh, but also, he was never able to look at how his work had a negative side to it. And that energy can never be taken back. Unfortunately, he'll never have the opportunity to reframe and reform and put something more positive into the world. I believe that a lot of people have to recognize that Kevin was also a personality. Maybe he didn't necessarily live everything he spoke, but he got a lot of people's attention. And it brought up a lot of debates between women and men, which I do think once people sit down and read his or listen to some of his catalog, they'll be able to have conversations on some of the things that he spoke on forever. The impact that Kevin Samuels has had on me as a white woman is that I will not associate myself or work with anyone that is not actively cultivating a safe space for black women and femme. Based on the vitriol and the frustration that we've we've heard from men, it's clear that it was a conversation that needed to happen, and so I will credit him with that. He had a lot of knowledge and wisdom to offer and ultimately shifted the way that I was going about relationships and my future. And I didn't have to agree with everything that he said in order to get the value out of what he had to share. And ultimately, it's changed my relationships. It's changed my trajectory. I do want to get married eventually, and I am open to having kids. So he's been super impactful, and he will be missed. He really spent his last days just continuing to bash Black women and to make men feel as though they can kind of like talk and treat women any kind of way. Kevin Samuels has made a huge positive impact on my life because his overall message to women was to get better, you have to be better. To attract better, you have to better yourself. And I honestly feel like that's a positive message. Kevin Samuels was the Trump of the dating space, particularly the Black dating world. Um, his work ignited a lot of hate and misogyny, and nothing about his content felt like he wanted to actually help people. I want to emphasize how I feel like, and I actually got a lot of this from your video with him, I feel like what he is trying to share, the messages he's trying to share, his intentions, are not what is being communicated. Kevin actually helped us have open dialogue about things that were broken in our relationship that we didn't even realize were broken. Um, I really truly feel that depending on what you were watching for was what you got out of it. If you wanted to actually listen to the message about the broken black home, he was exactly right on time. Um, I do feel like as time went on, his message got diluted with clickbait and things like that. Uh, but for me, he had a positive impact on my life. I realized that his uh, main method is something that really, really did not work for me personally. And I also realized I wasn't the type of audience that he was seeking. And so clearly it must have worked for somebody. But I also think uh, his very direct and personalized style is something that didn't really jive particularly well with a lot of people. So I can see how he had an impact uh, on a lot of people's lives, both positive and negative, but 
Uh, I'm not here to talk about the quality of the man. It just, he clearly left a mark. It just wasn't the type of mark or legacy that would have impacted me. Though Kevin Samuel's words were very controversial, in certain ways it got people to think about themselves. It got them to contemplate certain actions and experiences that they've gone through that, may, that they may not have reflected on. For me personally, I feel like I've related with some of Kevin Samuel's words in regards to him being truthful about putting things into perspective. But I think that the tone and the manner in which he's delivered things have rubbed people really wrong. Although I don't agree with everything that he said during his content career, it's important that he put content out there. No matter how different his opinion was, he made other people feel like they had a voice and really gave conversations on sex and relationship a resurgence that it needed. Once again, thank you so much to my community and those outside of my community who somehow found the casting and submitted voice notes. Uh, I found them so fascinating. It's by far my favorite part of the episode, so I hope you deeply enjoyed those. Next week, we're back to our regular program. Jasmine Jay is back uh, as the primary guest, and we're going to be talking about why it's okay to kind of hate your romantic partner. And I cannot wait to talk about this topic with you. And furthermore, I cannot wait to talk to you without a stuffy nose and a headache. And hopefully when we speak next time, I can tell you more about my experience with COVID and super hopefully um, I'll have much more optimistic news about my daughter's health mostly and also mine. Until then, have a really great week. Bye. Lovers and friends, I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I said, lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said, lovers and friends, uh, lovers and friends, and I said, lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said, lovers and friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Sham Boudram and Lauren Morrison, also produced by Two West Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Our mixing engineers are Brendan Burns and Marcus Hom. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley-Brown is the executive producer at More Sauce, and this podcast is powered by More Sauce from Stitcher. 